What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of Toronto sports? Or if you're a fan of a long-suffering fan base and you're a fan of watching them cry, welcome. This is the mini-series for you. What's up? This is Anthony L. Hefe recording live and direct from the Billy Shears Podcast Studio in lovely Milton, Ontario. And this is the first episode of this mini-series that we're start- we were starting to do. Toronto Sports Therapy. It's a playoff of self-therapy, which is a self-help podcast. And this time we just vent about the woes of being Toronto sports fans. The Toronto Blue Jays just have an MLB record-breaking collapse in the wild card, sending them home to the offseason for another couple of months. While the ridiculous Seattle Mariners are on to get beat up by the Houston Astros. It's going to be great. Anyways. We talk about the long-suffering Toronto Maple Leafs. How can they be so good and then not get the job done? And, of course, the Toronto Raptors. This has been a fun one. Uh, this is a three-part mini-series. So I have Dave on this first episode, followed by Kyle, followed by our boy, Bob Walker. So tune in. Check it out. It's going to be a great time. This is the Not After 30 Podcast. A podcast about reminiscing about your 20s while surviving your 30s. Now, it's time for the show. What's up, Nana Nation and lovers of Toronto sports? This one's off the chain. This one's going to be trouble because this one, we mad at. I am joined by his long-awaited return. Welcome back, Dave. What's up, what's up? (laughs) What's up? Let me just crack this cold one. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, and let me just puff this warm one. Oh, yeah. You know what? White Claw is so much fun in the summer. It hits all the requirements for me. But come fall time, just can't do it. That's why I had this pumpkin spice whiskey. Let's go. I have two... Two two-liter jugs of Clamato in my fridge because we were, we were drinking Caesars. <laughs> we can't do that in this kind of climate. It just does not work. Oh, oh it tastes like maple syrup. Yeah, Ooh, spice box, spice box, pumpkin spice whiskey. Let's go. All right, this episode, we are venting. It ain't easy being pretty. Let me explain. In the center of the sports world lays Toronto, Ontario. And unfortunate for us, it's the fan base, the greatest fan base of any sport. The Toronto Maple Leaf fans have been burned. They have been scarred of years of losing to teams that either go on to win the Stanley Cup or lose in the finals. And just this week, our beloved Toronto Blue Jays, destined for a World Series victory, were picked Outside of the New York, the Los Angeles Dodgers as the greatest percentile to win the World Series. Get swept. Get swept in the wild card game against an up and coming Seattle Mariners. They're expansion cousins. Now, David, why does this happen to us? Why? I need answers. I don't don't think this is like. Man, we lose so much, but we lose in the best fashion. Like, we don't need to talk about the stylish losers. Oh, yeah. Like, we give the best wins 
to our opponents. Like the most memorable wins. Like I'm surprised I didn't see a shit storm happen at the Sky Dome the other day, considering everything that was happening. And I get flashbacks of 2015 and how chaotic it got with, uh, who's that fat guy? Russ Martin. Russ Martin's throw to the hand, right? Like I thought things were going to go off the wall at the Sky Dome, but people kind of just accepted it. It's like, we're, we're so programmed now to say, yeah, 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 that's a, that, that's going to we'll get him next year. We'll get him next year. Yeah. Yeah. I, I am so heartbroken. The Jays weren't supposed to let us down. The Leafs let us down. We're used to that. And there's nothing new. We've taken all the abuse. It doesn't hurt anymore. But the Jays, the Jays were supposed to be different. The Jays, like the Leafs, had a crop, a core of young, good players. And Bo Bichette, having a horrible season, looked like he was turning it around and becoming the player we all knew and wanted him to be. Vladdy, yeah, he was starting to tail off a little bit. You know, a, a far cry from the 42 home runs he hit last year. But still a 32-year home run campaign. Looking good. Still a threat at the plate. Springer, injured, but still going to play. But a lot, like Matt Chapman was having an incredible year. Danny Jansen was having an incredible year. The, uh, rise, the rise of Alexander uh, Kirk. Uh, Alex Manoa. We had a lot of look for. The pickup of Bradley... Uh, Jackie Bradley Jr. And, um, you know, you had Loris Gorel go down, but Teo picked it up, smashed a couple big home runs to ro- knock Robbie Ray out of the series early. What the fuck happened? Why did the Jays weren't supposed to do this to us? I believe his name is Alejandro Kirk. Before we go into uh, any specifics here, he's the one Blue Jay I do know. Can you tell me something? Because I haven't been following baseball, you know, since the Jays have sucked for a while, like since their last playoff run. So, I am a admittedly Fairweather fan, especially when it comes to baseball. But you got to tell me, this seemed like a good core. This seemed like a strong kind of Cinderella-type team. Like, they were winning. They were having some good comeback games, in other words. They were showing a lot of promise and strength deep in their lineup. What is their biggest fault? Is it the pitching? Because it seemed like their pitching was garbage. But this is coming from a Fairweather fan. Yeah, so I would say this. The, the Jays pitching before the season started – Looked really good. Um, they had signed uh, Kikuchi in the offseason, who was a hard-throwing left-hander, which was hard to find. Uh, they signed him actually from Seattle. Uh, and you had um, Hinjin Ryu, who was going to be in the last year of his contract, who was still going to be like your ideal fourth starter. And unfortunately, the, the those two guys in the starting rotation didn't live up to expectation. One got injured and one was was. Well, he couldn't even he couldn't even handle our, our slow pitch baseball league. Um, and so outside of that, they had to find what, what, what about like, that, that uh, Japanese fellow uh, Ryu? Ryu, yeah, he got injured early in the season. Or maybe oh not even before maybe even before, he had to get Tommy John surgery. So I mean that used to be a death wish. Now it's actually like a blessing. Watch. Right. He like I mean, now that he's not with the Jays, he's gonna come back from uh, Tommy John. And he's going to be like uh, fantastic because now the way that they do t- the Tommy John surgery, it creates the tension, uh, the tendons in your elbow to be much better. So, right. Um, and Kikuchi was the other guy who, again, couldn't put it together. Although he did pitch one good game against New York, but the, for for Fairweather fans, the fact was the team had a lot of offense, very similar to what they had in ninety two, ninety three. But 92-93, they still had very reliable starters and a, and a setup and a closer guy, which the Jays 
really didn't have, and that's really what hurt him this year are in the, yeah. his playoffs. Yeah, like, I mean, if, if I were to try to compare, like, the biggest thing that I noticed, yeah, you're right. A lot of firepower, I actually think, at least from what I saw, anyways, or what I have seen throughout the season off and on, is they had way more firepower back then and a way to bullpen. Like, it's pretty insane, like, looking at these last couple games. And, and I know it's not fair to judge, but, man, that pitching just seems so weak. But, you know, I don't know anything about baseball, so it's not fair. It was a roller coaster was season. Choppy there, uh, a little bit, but I came through. Uh, it was a roller coaster of a season, but like all roller coasters, you go on. There's a little bit of excitement. There's a little bit of like, ah, that wasn't that bad. But at the end of the day, you really have to be a roller coaster enthusiast to be like, that was kind of that was kind of shit. Anyway, so can I please have my money back? It was so disappointing to have the Blue Jays go out like bitches. Like bitches. I can't say it in any other way because they just couldn't put it together. They couldn't steal the deal. They beat themselves. They are basically the 2016, 2017 trauma beliefs. Oh, it's so heartbreaking to see that. But yeah. And this is kind of the sad thing that we're, we're getting stuck with, with Toronto fans is like, you know, it seems like we're getting players that are high potential, high skill, you know, I want to say high promise. That's high potential. Really? but very low on the heart scale. And that's what kills me the most being a sports fan. Like you needing that in the playoffs, you needing that grit. And uh, I don't know if this is a good segue to the Leafs, but they keep on trying to add on some more and more grit, but they just continually disappoint us. It's, it's, it's like I said, it wasn't, the Jays weren't supposed to break our hearts like the Leafs do. The Jays were, the Jays, if they got out of the wild card series, uh, they'd have to play Houston the next round, and Houston's going to be a monster, and they're going to smash a lot of people. Um, so if you if they lost to Houston, that would have been okay. Houston was the top team in the American League. You 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 can hang your hat on that because this team really isn't at the same level as Houston. But Seattle, Seattle, they could have beat. They should have beat. They were winning 8-1. And like you said earlier, Toronto sports franchises just have a way of blowing leads in such a such a fashion that you make the other team's highlight reel look insane like a disney fucking movie and it's so upsetting it's so heartbreaking too because you you look the team you know they didn't spare any expense they didn't cut any corners there's some big money players on this team but when it came down to it they got really cocky with an 8-1 lead and they they let the game slip away. The game game one, Alex Manoa, what, he shouldn't have been a starter. And I would argue with anybody who said that he, yeah, fine, he had a really good season, but he's still a rookie, and he's trying to play it off like he's Joe Cool. It's all good. At the end of the day, that pressure got to him. He couldn't get control over his pitches, and the the Mariners ended up eating him up. Mind you, the Jays also faced an insane pitching matchup that game. So I get it. I get it that, yeah, they pitched well. The Mariners pitched well. The Jays ended up playing all right, but couldn't get any runs. It was heartbreaking. Yeah, pretty wild. Like, um, I had my father-in-law sending me text messages of, uh, of, of the game, the beginning of the game, because it was uh, my son's birthday. So we were out to a movie, and I'm getting text messages, you know, 4 nothing. 5-1, 7-1, 1 I was like, holy shit, what a game I'm missing here. Then as we're leaving the theater, he said, uh-oh, 8-5. I said, okay, still, still three runs. 
start catching the game when we get home here and we're like, God damn it. What the hell is going on? What the fuck? This is not right. It's not supposed to happen. It's not supposed to happen. But at this point, really, are we surprised? Can we, it's like, I always like to say, you know, when someone says, Oh, that was a bad show or that was a bad movie. I always say, listen, buddy, I watched lost week to week when it was aired. You want to know what disappointment disappointment is Watch lost, but on a different scale where you're waiting every Wednesday night for that show to come on. And sometimes on the Wednesday night, they said this has been postponed until next Wednesday because we have whatever. This is ridiculous, okay? I can't be any more disappointed than other being, that other than being like a Leaf fan already experiencing these things on such a high level that when this stuff happens now, I'm kind of just, eh, you know, <laughs> it's not that big of a yeah. deal anymore. But I would love to just, have a huge victory. Like we've, we've had some victories as Toronto sports fans. We got to be a little bit fair, right? Like we've had back-to-back world series, 92, 93, you know, Raptors won the championship in 2019. Uh, TFC won the championship a couple years back. I'm not going to mention anything about the Argos. I could give a shit about the Argos, <sighs> but these fucking Leafs, they need to win something, man. Like, I'm not even too disappointed. Baseball is such a competitive league and it's hard for any franchise to be successful consistently, but God damn it. Those Leafs, man, something's got to give. Okay. Let's get into the Leafs. Just, I mean, it's, it's well, a song that actually, we've already sang enough, but let, let me, let me actually just ask you one question. Yeah. How are you doing in the baseball pool so far? Uh, not that bad. Pretty good. I, um, I had the Jays being the Mariners. That didn't happen. I had the Mets losing to Philly. So that was good. And I had, and I got the other uh, wild card game, the uh, uh, Guardians. I had the Guardians beating. Uh, oh wow! Did you? Yeah. So and what, what I, was the other one? Was it San Diego versus somebody? San Diego versus Mets. Oh, and San the Diego Mets. won. Oh yeah. Sorry, and Philly. Sorry, I had yeah. I had uh, St. Louis, Philly, and St. Louis. That's right, Philly and St. Louis. And I had, I had. So I think, I think I'm three for one, but I haven't, I haven't double checked yet so yeah three you're three for four i think i might be one for four which is already better than last year because i was completely shut out last year oh you Um, had the worst showing of all time to be fair and i think i mentioned this in our chat i didn't watch one baseball game that year but you know the, the tough thing for me is i think baseball is a lot more predictable like sort of like the nba the nba you can always have a pretty safe bet of who's going to make it to the finals and likely at at this point who's going to win but uh, baseball it, it, is seems like a wild card all the time. I know there's some really strong teams, but it, you know, LA, Houston, even the Yankees, like it, I wouldn't say these guys were, were going to be called favorites at the beginning of the year. Maybe Houston. I, I, I would say this baseball, you get such a sample size of all the teams, right? 162 games. I mean, look at football. Like this is why football, NFL football, CFL football are is piece of shit sports because you get 16 games. It's not enough of a sample size to see how you are. You lose two games, all of a sudden you're out of a playoff spot. You win two games, all of a sudden you're the best team in the division. It doesn't make any sense whatsoever. Uh, but baseball gets such a big sample size that I believe it's enough to say, hey, the, this team won 100 of the 160 games. They're pretty good. Mind you, on that same token, uh, the Mets won 101 games and still lost in the wild card. So, you know, take it as you will. But I think baseball is, um, if you're going to play any odds game, baseball, I think, is the best game because the sample size is so big. Okay, moving 
fun. I guess, I guess you need to watch it in order to understand the sample size clearly. Yeah, that well, that's another thing too. But I mean, you can just look at the standings and be like, okay, these five top teams are probably going to do pretty good. You're pretty safe taking those teams, yeah. right? You go, we you, you pick yeah. one wild card that you think might do well. Um, okay, so when we look at when we look at uh, our beloved Trauma Police, sorry, we're gonna segue one. I was gonna say, let me segue one more time here. I'm gonna beat the shit out of the students that made my picks for me this year in baseball because this guy claimed to know everything about baseball and he even had like a whole group discussion with like four other guys that apparently knew a lot about baseball and they were all super confident like oh yeah this is going to win you the bracket for sure dave 100 no these are all 100 gonna happen i said you kids i have you still for four more weeks man <laughs> you kids are dead <laughs> That's all I'm gonna you're say. dead to me <laughs> they're dead man you guys are gonna get fucked get ready for your midterm buddy okay cool well i mean I picked mine before, like this, this, this pool I went into so underprepared, but I had been watching the Jays enough. And honestly, I brought two, I would say, let's see, two hours before the first game, I said to myself, you know what? I have this weird feeling that Seattle might take it. But then the homer in me was like, you know what? The fucking Jays, the Jays, like I bought into the hype. I knew they weren't going to go far, but I knew they were probably going to get out of the wild card. And after that first game happened, I was kicking myself. I was like, fuck, I should have taken Seattle. And then the second game was so bittersweet because they're up 8-1. And I'm like, oh, fuck. And, uh, and then when they lost, I was like, fuck, I should have stuck with my gut. And I even said, after the, after the Jays lost, I said to Brad, I was like, fuck, I can't believe the Jays lost. She's like, are they out? I'm like, yeah. And I said, you know what the funny thing was? I picked them initially. She's like, always follow your gut. I'm like, oh, that's why I'm so fat. And you got, you got fucking <sighs> Kyle pulling a full 100 and... 50% George Costanza where he's just picking the opposite of what his heart is telling him. And it's fucking working. Like I really George Costanza reference. Oh yeah. my God. He's doing the opposite of every logical thought that he has. Like who he's the one guy that picked Seattle to win that series. It's fucking crazy to think one of us, yeah, well, only one of us of everybody picks Seattle to win. We're just all homers, I guess. All homers. That's what I mean. The, the Jays had a lot of hype around him this year and Again, like they, they, everyone picked the Jays. Like the nobody picked Seattle. Even when you look at broadcasters, like nobody took Seattle. It was the exact same thing as the Leafs last year in the playoffs. Look at the segue. Leafs last year, or <sighs> two years ago in the in the playoffs, where they lost to Montreal. It was like, oh, did, so upsetting. Did you? Uh, did you? Like, I mean, I guess Seattle probably had a lot of momentum because didn't they just get a spot? Didn't they just squeak in type of thing? Like, was to the last game? Was it? Uh, no, it, uh, Tampa actually slid into third because, um, one, one plays two in the wild card. And then the third place team plays the divisional leader of the lowest ranking divisional leaders or highest. They played Cleveland. So, uh, Cleveland was in third. So yeah, so they played then third and then the first two teams. Anyways, Dave, we got to move on. There's more to vent about in Toronto sports. Now, when we go to the Raptors, Raptors have that 2019 championship win that's still kind of fresh for Raptor fans. Plus, we had that 2020 season when they were in Tampa and no one gave a shit about them. Uh, 2021, kind of last season, was a rebound year. They merged with Scotty Barnes. Um, and a playoff berth last year where nobody really expected it. And even though they went out in the first round, it wasn't that big of a deal. But... They did have that 2020 loss to Boston in the first round, game seven, which was heartbreaking. As a Toronto sports fan, I rest my case. 
I uh, will never be more sour. And it's kind of, I don't want to say the day I stopped watching basketball. That's, that's not fair. I, I have watched more basketball, just not as committed as I used to be. But Vince Carter missing that shot in the second round against the 76ers. And the day that he misses that shot was also his graduation day. And everybody's making a big fuss like, oh, his, his mind's not in the game. He's not focused on the game. He's going to his graduation. When the game is on the line, you miss the bucket, baby. You rimmed it. All right. You're no Kawhi Leonard. But I mean, it was uh, one of those, again, heartbreaking moments. I remember watching that. It's like, man, this is a strong Toronto team. Like we, the 76ers made, made the finals that year. They ended up losing the Lakers. Okay. But I mean, imagine the Raptors. They were that close to essentially, they, they would have taken the conference finals that the 76ers did. They were one bucket away. So it would have been. Would have been a wild ride. Yeah, I, I would have to agree that the Raptors, unfortunately, like the new, like the Masai Ujiri Raptors, are a more steady balance than those early Raptor teams that like they would they drafted well, they kept those young guys, and they're able to advance. Where th- these new Raptors, like they're finding gems along the way. Like uh, the emergence of Gary Trent Jr. has been incredible. Um, but, you know, like, whatever. The Raptors this year, I think they're going to be kind of a middle-of-the-pack team, uh, and they'll probably get into the playoffs, and they might squeak around out. But I don't know if there's a high expectation for the Raptors this year. I think they're just going to be, like, kind of a middle-of-the-pack team, which is, you know, fuck it. You might as well, if you're not going to do anything, be middle-of-the-pack. So everything else is mediocre, I guess. Fuck, I hate being a Toronto sports fan. Moving on, Dave. The Toronto <laughs> this, this is our mindset. This is our mindset because we're looking at Golden State. We're like, fuck it. Let's just try to build for a couple more years until these guys get old because you're, you're not thinking let's try to win. It's like, well, let's take our time and see what happens in a couple more years. Cause we're never going to beat a team like that. Yeah. Well, I mean, uh, I mean, golden state has such a revolutional player in Steph Curry that, you know, he, he plays a style of basketball that he, he could and should have longevity in the league. Uh, unlike LeBron, who's just an, an, an absolute freak of nature, <laughs> but I mean, Steph Curry, I mean, is, is will go down as one of the top t- top five or top ten all-time players ahead of LeBron for the record. But um, Wow. I don't think for so. For sure. I mean. For sure. Hands down. Hands down. Well, LeBron's a little punk-ass bitch. No, I actually kind of like LeBron nowadays. Well, no, that's not true. I don't like LeBron, but I don't uh, hate him as much as I used to. Let's just say that. Or I dislike him as much as I used to. I used to like LeBron and over the years, especially when he went back to Cleveland and just burned the Raptors uh, like every year for like three years. I, um, I, yeah, I, I, I've been sour on LeBron, but here's, here's why I believe Steph Curry is a more important player in the history of the NBA than LeBron. And I, I know this is far off our topic, but Steph Curry changed the game. Just, you know, just like all the greats before him did. LeBron didn't do anything to change the game. LeBron was a big body, talented player who was able to just use brute strength and talent to beat teams where Steph Curry changed the game. When I, I mean, he, he had the slickness of a Harlem Globetrotter and the shooting ability of a robot. So, yeah. you know, and, and you saw the whole league take parody on that. So, you know, the bottom line is like he changed the way the league was playing. It's not, it's not like you had more big guys who ended up uh, be more talented like LeBron. 
You well, just had more guys get better at shooting like Steph. You, you can't really parody when it comes to strength and size and speed. Like, I mean, that's, well, that's it's it. going to be hard but, to find another person like LeBron. So yeah, you can't parody that. So what do you do? You have to find a way to change the game. And yeah, man, Steph Curry's certainly put in the time and practice. Like, I remember hearing stories about him and Mr. Del Curry uh, practicing in the driveway. Like I think every night they were out there for like hours apparently because he just had to work on a shot and that's all he practiced was threes. So he's probably got well over 9,000 hours to, uh, to be skilled enough. Hit those trees. You, you know who hasn't been skilled enough, Dave? The Toronto Police. Unfortunately, another year has passed. Another offseason has passed. And we're ready to get hurt again, again, again. I know. I don't know how it works every time where it's like August comes around and you start getting that hitch. You're like, yeah, can't wait to see these Leafs again. But it's like, we know what we're going into. Why are we excited? It's like, we enjoy the pain. I don't. I don't get it. I, I think it happens. It starts on July first, where free agents get signed, and it's like, oh, you know, it, it was five years ago, or give or take. The Leafs signed John Tavares. Okay, all right, that's big news. Let's get excited for that. Uh, Austin Matthews has, you know, just come off what rookie of the year, or maybe yeah, rookie of the year, I think, and think, John Tavares yeah. becomes the Leafs. Uh, Mitch Marner come to, I mean, this year, you know, there's other reasons to get excited too. you know, like actually to, you know, former number one goaltenders, as opposed to a reclamation project, you know, a goaltender who had a pretty, pretty decent D in front of him to help him out. Um, who are you referring you to? Know, Jack Campbell. Jack oh, Campbell was never a number one. You, you are so hard on Jack Campbell, man. I love Jack Campbell. I'm like, I that- don't. We're, no. we're spending Jack 4.5 Campbell. on Matt Murray, who's had a fall-off-the-earth kind of season. Mind you, he played with Ottawa, so you can't put all the blame on him, but he was kind of on the decline anyways with Pittsburgh. I can't imagine uh, a better person that wasn't it, but I'm mad that like, we're spending, what, $500,000 less? But I'm, I'm kind of mad at Jack Campbell, too. You couldn't take 4.5, bro? You couldn't take 4.5. Listen, Jack Campbell is going to be – that contract is going to look so bad like all of Edmonton's contracts oh that aren't McDavid or Dreisaitl or Don, yeah. Darnell Nurse for that matter. Um, you know, well, like Darnell that, Nurse, his contract doesn't look great. Isn't he 9 million? 9 million uh, for yeah. Darnell Nurse? Are we kidding? No, here? I think, I think he's like 8.75, but yeah. Okay. Okay. 8.75. I Let's might find out. I might say that he is, if it's a scale on a one to 10, he is like at a 8.2. And I'll say Morgan Riley's at an eight. So Darnell Nurse is better. <laughs> but we got Morgan Riley for so much less than Darnell Nurse. Okay, so I don't get the fucking hype on this guy. I think he's probably putting in the time. You know what I mean? Cap, I like cap hit is 9.25. There you go. Like he, he is definitely eating up a lot of minutes for them. That's not a, that doesn't mean it's a good thing. I don't think his plus minuses are like through the roof or anything for him to, like, to justify 9.25 mil. Are you kidding me? But I think the fact that he was, a, he was a workhorse and he, he played all aspects of D where he was on the kill, the power play. Yeah, that's what I mean. Like he, he's a, a lot of minutes for them. Yeah. Like, so I, I, I don't know. I don't know if that justifies paying him that much. Anyway, so what I'm trying to say is Jack okay. Campbell. This Jack Campbell contract is going to be garbage, and I'm glad the Leafs. And you know, there's good reason to be behind, you know, to shun Jack Campbell. 
the fact was he wasn't very good, and then he was injured, and then he wasn't very good. He was okay. He started the season off red hot. Okay, fine. Coming off the offseason, stronger, ready to go, full confidence with from the team. Gets injured, comes back, isn't very good. Fucking Peter Mrazek shits harder oh. than he does. Oh, my then God. Then comes back, and he's just kind of okay. And, you know, fine. That goal, I saw it live in person, game six in Tampa, overtime loss. That He had the puck. He jiggled the puck. The puck, the puck dribbles in. I'm saying most goalies make that save. Um, listen, he got injured. That was, his, I think, his biggest fault or his biggest weakness was the fact that he was weak. Like he was getting injured every season. It seemed like, anyways, like having a more of a permanent or a number one role. So, yeah, I agree. I don't think the contract is going to last. That's probably the problem. Like, you know, Toronto probably offered him like two or three years. Like, I don't think they offered him five years. So I think that's part of the problem. But how much do we got Murray for? Isn't that like four more years? <laughs> like, what's uh, I don't contract? think so. I don't three think years? so. I can look it up. But re- regardless three, of... Three. So, okay, so regardless, regardless of what Matt Murray is, the, the fact is Matt Murray career-wise is a better goaltender than Jack Campbell. You have Ottawa still eating like 25% of the, of the contract. So that's always a win in my book. And uh, I mean, well, Ottawa's right against the cap, anyways, and like they, they have a real like we have to make this work this season because our fans hate us, and thank God Melnick died, or else we had, nobody would come to the rink this year. Um, so 100%. you know, whatever. I, I think I think the Murray Samsonov um, project, whatever you want to call it, the uh, the platoon will work really well, and I the think they look pretty. Yeah, they, they. I think they will, they're going to work really well. I think they're going to give the Leafs some much needed goaltending that they haven't had. And uh, in, in quite a while, and I, I and I think both guys have confidence that they can lead the team to victories. They can steal wins. Where Jack Campbell, I don't think he had that confidence, and I don't think I I didn't have the confidence that Jack Campbell was going to steal Leafs any games. Yeah, I think the the charm and promise of Jack Campbell was the fact that his teammates really loved him, and you can tell like his teammates, you know, tried their best when he was on the ice. Like they, they were yeah, really trying hard for the game. Yeah. There was no half-assing and stuff. They were doing whatever they could for their teammate. And so that's important to have in a goaltender. He, he's, you know, salt of the earth kind of guy. So I hope that's just, I don't know. I'm not too optimistic, but I, I am. Like I'm optimistic, but I don't know what to expect, man. I, I just, the, the playoffs, the playoffs, man. I've been betting against the Leafs in the playoffs and I could give a shit if I then lose afterwards. I just want them to do well. I can't yeah, I get it. I, you know, I, I, you know, I think like, like we, we had, like the theme of the show is where like these trial teams just lose in spectacular fashion and make these other teams look great. For you know, the the Leafs really need to get out of that first round. It's not news to anybody. The thing that they they can't do is the Montreal loss was devastating, and I don't mean I don't mean to be dramatic on that one. It was absolutely devastating, where nobody in oh. the right mind picked Montreal except for Tim Carr. Outside of that, everybody in the entire universe including Montreal fans, thought the Leafs were going to win that series. The Boston series is what it is. And, you know, that, that game seven against Boston, uh, the most recent one, I guess it was in 2018. Um, that, that loss to Boston was absolutely heartbreaking, but they played like shit in game seven. And the game seven against Montreal, they played like shit. They probably deserved to lose that game. The game seven in first Tampa, they played really, really well. Um, and that was... Uh, nothing short of a nail-biting, 
uh, elite game of hockey, series of hockey, really. It was the most impressive I've ever seen the display of the Toronto Maple, Toronto Maple Leafs franchise in a losing effort, I want to say. Uh, it was the most most outstanding version of the, of the, the Austin Matthews era of the Leafs I, I, I've ever seen. And that loss was devastating, but not nearly as much as Montreal. It was, uh, yeah, that's kind of par for the course. Hard-fought match, the better team won. You, we shouldn't be disappointed. I and I th- honestly think everyone except for anti-Leaf fans or anti-anti-Leafs uh, uh, fans would have admitted to that because it was they didn't beat themselves in that series. They had the limit. They had the lead in Game Six. They didn't ever have the lead in Game Seven. They were fighting back from behind the whole time in Game Seven, um, but they 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 didn't have many laughs. It's just that Tampa team was sensational. Yeah, and uh, I, I thought they they could have easily not easily. I thought they could have taken that third Stanley Cup. Honestly, they're just that solid of a core. But you got to remember, like Tampa didn't just do this overnight. They've been battling, and they had the same hardships the Leafs have currently now with their core. So I can only hope that this core continues and builds and gets stronger and more mature because. I think that's the biggest thing is like a maturity, a skill set of like calmness, but like, I, I don't want to overuse the term, but grittiness, like these guys need to fucking mean it. Like when they, every play that they make, they need to mean it. Like not, none of these like flybys, it just drives me fucking up the wall that it's like, you see like the, the give up that they're like, they're displaying and it's just fucking frustrating. But it isn't isn't that like the Leafs in a nutshell? Though, like you, you look at the Leafs in a nutshell and you say, okay, um, some good players, but can't put it together, and it's it's ongoing like that. And it's like every year is like that, and it's been to the point now. Like that's why that's why we're recording this. It's like another year of another shit sandwich, and we're just we just keep eating them because it's like what like if we don't go to the games, average guys like you and I, if we don't go to the games. That's not that big of a deal. It's never going to be an issue. It's never going to be an issue because. Like, uh, what's it? Brian Burke said, the Trauma Police are the crown jewel of the NHL. They hate us because they ain't us. <laughs> Did he it's, say that the crown jewel of the NHL? Yeah, when he got fi- when he got fired from them, he was like, he came out and was like, first and foremost, the Trauma Police are the crown jewel of the NHL. Uh, I'm also looking for work. Blah blah. Uh, yeah. So, so but it's true though. It's like the the least never have to worry about people not showing up because people are always going to show up, even if they gave away. Twenty uh, percent of the tickets, they'd still get resold, and they and they still have assets and seats. P- it's not like you know pieces of shit fan bases like the Ottawa Senators mm-hmm. or the Winnipeg Jets or the Montreal Canadiens that will refuse to go and actually make a point by doing that. Leaf fans are like, I may never get to go to a game. I might as well just go and see this piece of shit twenty fifteen Toronto Maple Leafs because uh, I may not see a game for another five years. Yeah, like it's think about an employee with their boss with the employees not under pressure like i don't know if this is like scientifically proven or anything okay but if an employee is not pressured to do their job and do it well then they're not going to do it to the fullest of capabilities if there's not a gun to their head to say if i don't do this i won't have a job tomorrow then you're not going to see that 1000 percent effort level and this is like the leafs management franchise and players it's like Listen, I'm getting paid probably more than I'm worth. There are a couple like steel contracts on that team, but you're getting some highly paid players out here. And in management is the same way. It's like, listen, we're doing our job. The seats are being filled. We're entertaining fans. We're operating 
at a significant, huge profit margin. And, like, why would I get fired for this shit? Come on. And, and, and let's not get it twisted. It's not like the Leafs have been trickling into the playoffs in the eighth spot. Every year for the last five years, they've been better than the previous year in the regular season. It's just that that playoff hump. So if you're looking at, you know, if you're looking at, hey, listen, we had, uh, we have, yeah, what is it, 40, 41 games at home. And six uh, out of, the, of those 41 games, 37 of them were sellouts. That that's a win. Yeah, I mean, franchises all over the NHL. I would say ninety-five percent of the franchises in the NHL envy the Maple Leafs building, the Scotiabank Arena. Like they envy the amount of profit that is made from this fucking ridiculous franchise. These fucking ridiculous fans that continue to eat shit and pretend like they love it. All right. I want to. I have thought about it. Seriously. I think it was the Montreal loss. It was like, fuck, I got to start looking at other teams like just to like just to have a fallback team. Like I need a fallback team here, man. I need something that you'll see a pretty strong team that is consistent because this is fucking too much. And I've I've had to like like this is like uh, I'm talking to a therapist here because this is seriously like the anxiety that it drives me. I've had like too much anxiety over this shit when I was younger. I can't do that shit anymore. I can't live like that anymore and like be uh, superstitious or anything. It's up to them now. All right. <laughs> I've sat in that spot of the couch and crossed my legs a certain way and wore the special hat and wore the special Jersey for way too fucking long. It's on you guys. Now you got to fucking show up and get this shit done. Now let's go. I've talked about it for years that, that, um, what, my sports fandom has done to my psyche. And honestly, I, when the Jays, the Jays and the Leafs are my one and two favorite things to, to watch. And then everything else trickles down from there. The Raptors, whatever, like everything trickles down from the Leafs, then Jays, and then everything else. But when the Leafs lose a game, when the Jays lose a game, and I watch it and I invest that maybe two or three hours into watching that game, or even if I catch like, the, the last, you know, three, three innings or whatever, the last period of the game and they lose my psyche, my personality changes. I storm into a room where it's like, Oh, what they lost? Like, yeah, they fucking lost. I don't want to talk about it. Like I'm upset after that. I can't, I can't just, it's not digestible. Like, uh, Oh, I watched lost and I can't stand it. It sucks so bad, blah, 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 whatever. I don't know. It's it, for me, it's different because I've invested in this team for decades you know, for decades, I've put money into their pockets and it's just, I, I keep thinking to myself, like I'm, I'm right now in my, in my studio and the Jays haven't let me down as until this year, as badly as the Leafs have. I don't even want to put Leafs things up in it because I don't want it to remind me of fucking decades of dumping money and then not being, not getting anything back in return. Okay. Yeah. Austin Matthews had an insane season last year. Maybe one of the greatest seasons a Leaf has had ever or in a long, long time. Okay. That's awesome. I still can't commit because like, I'm staring at one of the very few Maple Leaf things I have right now in my, in my studio. And even that's like, oh, they fucking better do something this year. And I'm not talking like first round. Yeah, that's the least you can do. If they can win the first round, that's the least you can do for me. Because with, with the core of players, which are all good players and much better goaltending, they should have a better result. Not to mention you have Mark Giordano who's been a top five or, or at least top 10 defenseman in the league for the last five to 10 years, 
um, he's your third fucking pairing. You better fucking bring it. Like this team has to be better and the results have to happen. And this was a storyline going into last year and we bought in. Okay. You know what? They start to gain our respect. Oh, they were doing really good. They, you know, they were top of the league for a little while. They were top of the division. They were, they're battling Tampa for that top spot. Um, they were looking good for a lot of the season. And then of course the playoffs happened and they didn't look so good. But this yeah, is like this they, is they a fucking good. thing we eat every year. They looked good. They just get ousted, you know, like Yeah, that's exactly it. Yeah, and, and I think yeah, a lot of it is like them beating themselves. Like they they don't have the confidence and like I don't don't take this the wrong way. Like I love Jason Spezza's and Mark Giordano, like I think these are great additions to the team, but these guys aren't cup winners. Okay. Like they're not, they, I don't think they truly understand what, I know they're chasing that dream and they'll do whatever it takes, but they're way past their prime and they never did it in the first place. So it's like, it's not, I don't know if it's that much of a contribution. I, I, I mean, I don't deny like your on a third pair is a perfect fitting and an amazing deal and an awesome discount that we get for him. But, you know, it's not Mark Giordano from five years ago. All right. It's not that like really gritty, strong player. You're going to probably get a little bit of that, but to a degree, you know, this guy can't, can't do it like that anymore. So I, I like Dubas. I like the gems that he's been finding. Like he has been a very solid, like finding these, these gems late or overseas or undrafted. Like he's been very successful and has an amazing track record. But I don't know how many rabbits he can pull out of his hat to keep these things going. And like when I just saw that most recent article, I think, I don't know if you've read it, it was shared in our group, but it was talking about like Austin Matthews' future contract that it might be upwards of 16 million a year. (laughs) And I'm like, okay, I get the caps going up, but only 10 mil. (laughs) So if we're going to be paying like an additional $5 million for this guy, like what the fuck are we doing? Like we can't do that. What what really what really ends up happening is it's it's a formula it's a very common formula the, the same thing happened with McDavid when he signed his contract is that if you have a franchise or elite player you're going to give them thirteen percent of whatever the salary cap is and that's what they're estimating the salary cap at that point it's it's a formula that they used for a long time in the salary cap era it's not not anything new it's just what this it would be thirteen percent of the salary cap of that whatever year he signs. Well, I don't disagree. I think it's probably smart to have something like that. The difference is that those players you'd wish and you'd hope for them to say, yeah, but I want to win. So let me take a 20% discount on that. Like not of the team, but 20% on the 11 and a half million that you want to pay me. You know what I mean? Like bring me down to 10, you know, or be, be a nice guy like Kucherov and say 9.6. Okay. Even though I was like the MVP this season, I'll take 9.6 less than that. Mitch Marner fellow who just signed for two or sorry, 10 million. Like that's crazy. It's crazy to think like we finally got that hometown boy too. Here, I'm going to bitch on Mitch Marner for a bit. Now we got this hometown boy. We've been dying to get like this highly skilled, talented, homeschooled wants to play Toronto for the rest of the rest of their lives. And will forever be a leaf and retires a leaf and have these alumni presentations and banners and all this bullshit. We have that kind of potential player. And this guy, instead of like wanting to be, he, he was the fan just like us. But when he was at the table, he's like, nah, I'll take the money. I'll take actually more, <laughs> more than I'm really projected to be worth. 
Like that shit drives me up the wall because here you got, you got players that take cuts that are not hometown players that did not grow up watching those teams. But I guess they just love the team and the management that much or believe in the system that they take those cuts so they can make it work and truly want to win a Stanley Cup. Yeah, I think at the end of the day, you know, that comes down to like their agents really being like, no, we can juice these guys for a little bit more. Yeah, but doesn't the player step in at that point and say, yeah, I know I know, I can get more. I know I can, but I'm also a restrictive free agent. Let's start there. Yeah, maybe. And, and maybe. I want and, and I want to fucking win a Stanley Cup. The only way to do that is to take a bit of a cut so you can sign better players. Like, sorry, you can't do this all on yourself. Connor McDavid still has not won a Stanley Cup. He can't do it by himself. All right? It doesn't work like that. You got to, like, somehow have a good group, a great team around you in order to be successful in this league. Okay, so, I mean. <laughs> I don't know. I fucking don't know, man. I, um, what, 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 for me, it always comes down to, it's like, I much rather be a Leaf fan than any other team. I mean, uh, outside of, I mean, like Tampa has been really impressive. Like Tampa has been like the team of the last decade. And before that, you know, you could say the Penguins were, or, and then Chicago before that, like whatever, like, you know, these big teams that have gone on long runs and have like these dynasties to them. And, you know, like they just fill in the blanks with these players who you know, they come out of nowhere. They're able to grab them. You know, it works out well. But the the Leafs, you know, they're just banned. They have all these Band-Aid fixes for like these little things. They got some new guys in. And like, you know, Dennis Malkin, for example, like Dennis Malkin, Leafs had him, let him go to Europe and they got him back. And it's like, OK, what what can you show me this year that you weren't able to crack the team on before? Yeah, and I know like uh, people always joke about like the Leafs farm system. Well, yeah, that's because they're in win now mode, but they still have some pretty solid prospects. Like I don't want to say like trade bait. I, I want to use these guys. You know, I want to use them until their restricted contract is up, and then trade them for some pieces. Like that's the Tampa method. That was uh, the Chicago method. Like they would win a cup and they would offload these players when they were fucking hot and got serious returns, or I should say, better than expected returns because they were selling them at a high. So I would rather utilize these fucking players. I don't want to, you know, clean the system. Like I said, Dubas has been good about finding gems, getting undrafted players. He can keep doing that. We have good prospects. Just fucking get the shit done. I think our <laughs> biggest weakness is fucking a goalie. We just need like a standout. Like Holpe would have been good, but he turned out to be a bit of a bust or was he dealing with some injuries over there? But I just Matt Murray of all things were so off the radar that it's like, come on, <laughs> there was no other goalie. Well, like, that kind of makes it work, right? That's yeah. what, because he was good. He was good for Ottawa at the beginning of the season. Then he got hurt, and then he was kind of playing. Like they didn't want to bring him up unless they could trade him, and they couldn't trade him, so they just left him in the minors. And it's like you know, like, yeah, as long as he's healthy, he was going to be good. And I mean, he he played well in the minors. You know, in his in the preseason, like I don't want to give. You know, I don't want to like think that I watched uh, all the preseason, which I didn't. But I watched two games, which he played, and he played well. So it's like it's hard. It's hard to like knock a guy who's played well. I get it's preseason. I don't want to get too hyped on preseason. But I think I think this combo is better than I would say, definitely better than the Campbell Morazic combo last year. And I was kind of like I was fifty fifty, and I was okay. Let's see what they can do. And then you know you look at uh, you know the Campbell the the um, who was appearing before that is Campbell and um, 
Oh, uh, Campbell and um, uh, Anderson. Anderson, thank you. Yeah, sorry. And I mean, I was I like, think, and, <laughs> I'm like, who was the old backup? What was his name? Uh, was it a Mick? You remember he was our backup for Anderson, and then he ended up like stealing the show. He was like, he got the Leafs into the playoffs. He was like a 41 year old goalie. What was his name? Hutchison. No, no, no. He was like, I can't believe this is driving me nuts because I was mad that they didn't sign him because they picked Sparks over him. They're like, we're getting oh. Sparks' his turn. And then Sparks ended up shit in the bed. We're like, now what do we do? Anderson. Oh, yeah. Who was that guy? Yeah. Oh, fuck. I can't believe I can't remember. Anyways. Yeah. Okay. Keep going. I'll, I'll, uh, I'll look it up. Anyways, it's not that big of a deal. I, I'm just saying, for me, it's just, I, I'm, I'm buying back in because as long as this team, as long as the Leafs have Matthews, Marner, Tavares, Nylander, you know, who knows what happens with this, uh, uh, Matthew Nye's kid. Let's see. Let's see what happens with like um, uh, Alex Steves. Like they got they've got some projected good players. And it's like okay, you know, like I like the team. I like the defensive core. I don't think Justin Hall is as bad as ever makes him sound. Like I like this team, and I want this team to do well. But fucking goddamn it, if they don't do something this season, I like the loss of Montreal. No joke. I went into sports depression. And I contemplated if I want to be, quote unquote, a sports guy, a guy who watches. Maybe I'll just not be a sports guy anymore. I'll just get off watching sports. People will be like, oh, did you see the highlights from last night? I'd be like, huh, from what? The Bachelor? I don't know what you're talking about because I don't watch sports anymore. Like, I was contemplating not wanting to watch sports because that loss to the Montreal Canadiens. A, being the Montreal Canadiens, B, being a team that shouldn't be in the fucking playoffs against a team that everybody thought could walk right past them, then losing and losing in fucking dick-kicking fashion just made me so irate. I couldn't handle it. I couldn't handle the embarrassment. I couldn't handle the... the I, I went dark in our group chat for two weeks. I was like, I put it on mute. I don't even want to hear it. I, you know, I ignored messages. People were like, hey, you okay? Ignore messages. I was not okay. I was contemplating my sports life. That's what I was doing. I think we are all like having that moment. Like I think that's when Kyle finally snapped and he pretended not being a Leaf fan. By the way, uh, the backup was Curtis McElhinney. Oh, uh, nice. He won but, a cup. Uh, yes, with Tampa. Yeah, it must have been Tampa. Yeah, it was Tampa. Yeah. Oh, good for him. That's a leaf curse too. Like these former yeah. players, they they, they leave like right away, <laughs> right after Hal Gill fucking can't skate backwards, goes to Pittsburgh, wins a cup. Phil Kessel back to back. Phil uh, Kessel, Th- yeah. Th- Thomas Caberlet, Murray, like uh, Tyler Tyler Bozak, Tyler Bozak, like, yeah. Like the the honestly, you could put a whole team together of guys who have left the Leafs and have won a cup within a season or two of leaving Leafs. Yeah. Anyways, Dave, let's uh, we talk about. Yeah, it sucks being yeah. a Leaf fan. It sucks being a Jays fan right now. It sucks being a Toronto sports fan in general right now. But thank God we're not fans of these upcoming teams. Dave, hit him with a list. All right, we got a list of twelve of the saddest sports cities, and this covers all the top four sports of MLB, NBA, NFL, and the NHL. So let's go ahead and start with number twelve. At the 12th spot here, we got Charlotte. Charlotte has never won a championship, but come 
low in this list because both teams are still relatively young. So the Hornets and the Panthers are who they're talking about, and they're as young as 1988 and 1995. But they've done fuck all, similar to the Ottawa Senators. But I digress. Oh, the Carol- Carolina Panthers. Yeah. Carolina. Yeah, I gotcha. Yeah, fuck those both, both those teams. Although I always love the Charlotte Hornets color scheme, like that teal, like it's so 90s. Which is the Panthers too, isn't it? Yeah, like teal and black. Yeah, that's, that's true. That, Good that's, point. Yeah, that's very like um, North Carolina. So that makes sense. Although I I, I don't like uh, I don't like football. I don't like the NFL for sure. But I saw a picture of the new Florida uh, fuck the new uh, Carolina Panthers helmets, and they're like matte black with like this sharp teal logo and claw marks. It looks pretty badass. I'll just say that. All right, good. Maybe we'll start watching just to look at those helmets. Not. <laughs> 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 okay, number 11 here. We have Indiana, Indianapolis. It's like my first time reading. Uh, Indianapolis. So they have the Colts and the Pacers. I don't know how much I agree with this so much because, yeah, I know the Pacers have been disappointing. I had some high spots back in the 90s, but Colts at least won a Super Bowl in the last 20 years, no? Didn't they win it? Yeah, they won with uh, Peyton Manning. Yeah. Yeah, so... I don't know what the big deal is on that one. Okay, number 10. And they're like no- a small market team. I, you know what? I, I give the Colts a pass because they're a small, small market team. But the Indiana Pacers, also a small market team. But, uh, you know, they had Reggie Miller for like 100 years and couldn't do shit because Michael Jordan is Michael Jordan. But, um, yeah, fuck the Pacers. I never gave a shit about the Pacers. They're one of those teams, too, that are always kind of like floating around. They're like mid or high mid, but they never can they can never seal the deal. Yeah, fuck the, pa- the yeah, Pacers, yeah. Whatever, that, whatever that is. Yeah, and Parks and Rec sucked ass, too. Number 10 is uh, Milwaukee. And I don't know how much I agree with this because the Brewers have had some pretty good seasons. No no championships or anything, but the Bucks just won the NBA championship. So I don't – or was that two years ago? But, I mean, that's fairly recent. Um, yeah, that's a, little, again, that's, a little crude. that's a little crude. Yeah, so maybe this is why they're at the 10 spot. I think they're more focused on the Brewers and how they've lost pretty bad. Um, yeah, they're an old franchise, years. too. They, they've been around, I think, since the 50s. All right, so this one must be more so with the recent years, but we got number nine with Detroit. It has the Detroit Lions, the home of the Detroit Lions, the Pistons, the Red Wings, and of course the Tigers. Now, the Red Wings, of course, were the probably the only good spot or the only high point in this city, but then you have three really bad losing franchises to follow. Yeah, but Pistons won in the early 2000s. I guess that's still 20 years ago. Yeah, I remember that, man. Detroit, that was a nasty team, but yeah, I guess they're going more recent with, um, with. Yeah, they've been shit for a long time. Yeah, all and even the Tigers. Tigers won, I think, in two thousand and six or two thousand and three. I might be wrong. It's one of those two years for sure, though. And they've had uh, Melky Cabrera there for a long time. Um, yeah, but and you know, like there, there's a there's a two thousand and four pitching staff that had something like Max Scherzer, uh, Robbie Ray. They had like four guys who were like elite level pitchers. They end up trading them all away, which is crazy to sound, but uh, number eight, you know, got to put this in context here because the saddest sports cities, that doesn't mean they're like the losingest cities. They're the saddest because of the heartbreak that they've gone through or the losing that they've gone through. They've probably had some bad runs. Sorry, I should say they've had some good runs, but lost in dramatic or lost consistently in uh, dramatic fashion. Number eight sits Right at the top with our NFL finalists last year, the Cincinnati Bengals, as well oh, yeah. as home to the Cincinnati Reds. So the Reds have won the World Series five times, but their most recent came in 1990. All right. So after mm-hmm. that, yep. they've been shut out and been pretty shit. 
And to be fair, you know, the Bengals, as, as far as I'm reading here, they are constantly shit. <laughs> they have yeah. made two Super Bowl appearances. And most recently, I, I think it's actually three now because this article might be a little bit old. Um, but still, uh, no wins. And they've been in the league quite a long time. Yeah, Cincinnati, the Cincinnati Reds, uh, big powerhouse in the 80s, uh, dynasty edited in, in the 90s. Uh, but you got like guys like uh, Pete Rose, Johnny Bench, like those guys are absolute legends. Uh, also, their stadium, the uh, I think it's called the uh, the American Family Airlines Arena, or some bullshit like that. It's from the 70s. It's old as fuck. It's it's kind of nice, but it's old as fuck. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's not nice, and they could change it easily, but they don't. So whatever. All but right, it's, totally that's Ohio, man. Ohio's Ohio's tough to build something new in because no matter what they do, it's still Ohio. Yeah. Um... Okay, this team at number seven surprised me. I thought they would be a little bit um, lower, meaning like close to the number one spot on the list. But if you think about a team that has had some hardships and have some tough losses, what team do you think of? Can you say it again? If you think of like teams, like just think of yeah. like major sports teams, and I'll be specific here, football and hockey, who have had some tough losses over the years, what city comes to mind? Oh, geez. Um Football and hockey. Yeah. Is it a New York-based team? It is. Is it the Jets and the Rangers? Oh, very close because... Uh, oh, Jets, I, and, Jets and Islanders. No, you know, very close because I, I put them up there and I think they show up a little bit later in this, but I'm talking about Buffalo, New York. The oh, Bills, yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, who, yeah. How many Super Bowls in a row did they lose? Four, four, four Super Bowls in a row. Fucking Jim Kelly, R.I.P. Baby. <laughs> like, how do you do that? And then the Sabers, who have made I think two Stanley Cup appearances, but lose in both. And yep. this is back when they, in the most recent time, was when they had none other than Dominic Hasek. So, yeah. I think the, gr- the greatest goalie there. of all time. And put yeah. him up there. Put him up there. Yeah. Okay, coming in at number six here, the home of the Cardinals, the Suns, the Coyotes, and the Diamondbacks, the Phoenix. The Phoenixes. <laughs> the Phoenix. <laughs> like, I, I lost my Phoenix, Arizona. Now, Phoenix, uh, the Diamondbacks. Let's get a dry heat. The Diamondbacks and the Suns both have some success when it comes to their own right, but that was also early in the 2000s. Uh, the Cardinals have played and Arizona recently. Since the Suns? The Suns made to the finals uh, last year? I don't think so. Or the year before. Yeah, the, the the Suns. Oh, the Suns. Suns got knocked out first round last year. The year before, they got they had they went to the finals. Well, I don't, I don't know how old this article is, but it says they haven't made the playoffs since 2010. No, no, they've yeah. been in the playoffs. Okay, we'll have to look at what year this article came out. All right, let's move on here. Number five. There's only one way to identify this city. Well, actually, can you actually say this team anymore? This is the problem. This is how old this article is. They're still referring to this team as the Cleveland Indians. Of course, we know they are now the thankfully politically correct Indian. Oh, sorry. Oh, shit. Guardians. (laughs) Cleveland Guardians. I was like, those Indians. (laughs) Nailed it, Dave. Nailed it. (laughs) Nailed it. Uh, The Cavaliers and the Browns. Okay. The Browns. I don't even watch football. and I know they are fucking shit. Didn't they go 0-16 or something one of these years? Like that, I, yeah, something brutal. something bad. Again, why why football sucks? Sixteen games. Okay, get this one. You might enjoy this one because it's a little topical of what we talked about today. Number four, we have none other than the Seattle's. 
the Seattle Seahawks and the Mariners. And uh, they wanted to have special mention to the Supersonics, who was their former uh, NBA franchise. Yeah. Um, who they yeah, may be getting know, back, by the way. The Mariners have had a tough drought. And uh, what the, this is the first time they made the playoffs in how many years? 16. Yeah, 16 years. Okay. So um, this article actually says 18-year drought. So maybe something's off here. Seahawks, I thought they won a Super Bowl recently, but it's saying 2013, and then they made a return to 2014, but lost, and they haven't been the same ever since. So you know, okay. 2013 is, I think, recent enough to say they're winners, but I guess for how good ten years now. they have been. 10 years, yeah, about 10 years. Number three, this is an easy one. They only have one franchise. Can you guess the city? Green Bay. And, oh, geez. I was trying uh, to think of, of one town sports franchises. Okay, give me what sport? Give me a clue. Baseball. Baseball. Oh fuck, Meh. no. Um, east or west? It's west, and and, it, and it's on a technicality that there's only one team. Why don't I just tell you? Because this yeah, is fair to yeah. like guess this. They say number three is Oakland, and it's specific around the athletics because they have while well, they've had some Cinderella you know, um, seasons, they've done fuck all. Now they say the Warriors are technically Golden State's team, but Golden State isn't technically a place. <laughs> and yeah, Oakland right. is. And yeah. then uh, I think this is what they call California, but yeah, they're, they're based, they're based in Oakland. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so, but now they're, now they're based in San Francisco. Right. So I think there's some technicalities here, but I think the saddest part that comes with Oakland is the fact that the Raiders left and now the Raiders are actually good. And yep. on top of that, they used to have that shared stadium. Didn't the Raiders used to play on the Athletics uh, baseball stadium? It looked it was it a, ridiculous. It, it's it's a dual stadium. Yeah, it was made for football and baseball, which don't make any sense. Doesn't make any sense because you could see like that the fifty yard line. You're crossing third base. It's like ridiculous. Yeah, that's uh, pretty. Sick. Okay, number two, we got. Sorry. Watch your mouth. Number two, we got the Falcons, the Hawks, and the Braves. Number two is Atlanta here. Wow, shocker. Now, this is a tough one. I think it comes from the most recent football Super Bowl. The football Super Bowl game. Um, <laughs> apparently <laughs> the, the Falcons, football game. It's yeah, the best game you could play. If you can remember this one, it's Falcons are responsible for the 28-3 lead that they blew after the second half to none other than Thomas Bradley. Oh, that's Brady. And the New England Patriots. Nailed, nailed it. Yeah. Did you like that one? <laughs> the Hawks. Yeah, they shit. Okay, <laughs> our number one team here. It's home of four massive franchises. So they hit all across the boards. And across the boards, I'm just taking a look at them. Yeah, they all suck. Can we think Ooh. of what team I'm talking about here? And I'll give you a clue. It's in Please. the northern states. Okay, and they have a they have, they have a team in every in every major sport. Yes, yeah, among cities with four pro teams, this city has the longest active championship win or appearance drought since the city's last championship win or appearance in 1991 and 1931. Other cities have seen a championship victory with 43 cities in total making an appearance. So, what city am I talking about here? And the, the last championship was in in uh, 2000. One or 1991 is that what you said 1991 yeah 91 what sport was it i don't know i don't know okay that's okay first thing comes to mind 
is obviously like New York and Los Angeles. Uh, Detroit. They say championship or appearance in the championship game. So that might not okay, even yeah. be a championship. I was going to say Philadelphia, but they just won the Super Bowl a couple years ago. Uh, Denver? Well, Denver's in Colorado. That's more Southern. If we're oh, that's right. You said Northern, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Something northern, that, northern okay. and I'll be even more specific, just so we're not too much dead air here. Northern Central area here. Northern Central. Uh, Chicago? Yeah, it's not fair. You don't have a map in front of you. So I'm just going to go ahead and tell you here. Home of the Vikings, the Timberwolves, the Wild, and the Twins. You have Minnesota. This is uh, this is the saddest North American sports city because of all the losses it's had. Or I should say lack of appearances in general to any championship across all four sports. Wow. Yeah, it makes a lot of sense. Twins have been shit for a long time, even though they're getting better. The Vikings, I don't, I have no idea how the Vikings are. Minnesota Timberwolves, yeah, well, they've been shit for a long time too. Uh, but what was the other one? What, what, oh, the Wild. Um, well, the Wild actually might be good this year. But um, and, and they're usually a consistently good team, but like second round is usually their cap. They get to the yeah, second round, and that's, that's it. True. Let's start yeah. over and be defensive again. You know, when you think back and you look at some of these really sad cities of all the losses they've gone to, fuck, at least we're not Minnesota. At least we're not Buffalo, for God's sakes. We, like I said, we have a back-to-back World Series that we got to see. We have a Raptors championship. We got TFC. I know these aren't the big four, uh, but if the Argos, we want Actually, to Actually, techni- technically, things, Dave, technically uh, uh, MLS has surpassed the NHL in fandom in the U.S. So isn't, technically, isn't the NHL yeah. is on the outside. Yeah. It's on the outside looking in, but yeah, you're right. Next up, the WABA. Like, they're going to take over the NHL. Oh. And that's when it'll really sting. <laughs> the, the, all those all those uh, TikToks and, and uh, Instagram stories of those people like, would you rather $15 or season tickets to a WNBA team? I'll take the yeah. 15 bucks. And, and on top of that, just in our perspective, you know, we have like Italian heritage. And, you know, we're fair weather soccer fans, to be fair. We love watching the international stuff because we at least have somewhat of a team to cheer for. And this year it's going to be Canada, which is going to be exciting. But as being like Italian heritage, we got to see a World Cup. We got to see a Euro Cup. Like we've hit them all out of the park. We've got also, to see we, we also had the heartbreak of them not making it to both. <laughs> no, oh. no, a World Cup loss, but also like, also not making it in also not making it in well that's the problem that that's the thing i need is like you know people say like oh i got fuck you money but i don't have fuck me money it's like i could give a shit if this if the Leafs win the stanley cup that's all i need that's all i fucking need because if someone's like haha italy didn't make the world cup it's like i don't give a shit i really don't care i got to see (laughs) the world cup that really doesn't bother me i got to see it that's all i really cared about Hey, the Blue Jays had a tough loss. You know what? I remember watching Joe Carter hit that home run. That was amazing. Totally. And I still have those memories. The Raptors, I think about that Vince Carter shot that he missed, and it is erased because I think of the Kawhi Leonard shot that was made. Totally. Right? So we have these, these like high spots and these things that have like made our memories with Toronto sports, except for the Leafs. And this is, you know, we're talking about how hard it is to be a Toronto fan, but we look at this, you know, it's not that bad, and it could be better if the Leafs just fucking really grab that ball. And, by and the so, some honorable mentions, Dave, about teams that I'm glad I don't cheer for. Of course, we have to say the Ottawa Senators, 100%, 100%. the Winnipeg Jets, 
any team in the CFL. Um, <laughs> uh, I'm glad I don't. I, I'm glad I'm not a sports fan for any team in the South. And like what I mean is like the Texas Rangers. Uh, the Texas Rangers built a new stadium 15 years ago, and it was an open air stadium, and it was so hot in the summer that fans wouldn't go watch games because it was too hot. They had to build another stadium, so they spent another half a billion dollars to build another stadium. Like this is what I'm talking like. Yeah, it's it's insane. And the Florida Marlins, Florida Marlins, fucking won two World Series in the last 30 years, and they can't get anybody to go to their games. Same with the Tampa Bay Rays. Tampa Bay Rays have always have been always had a competitive team. They find these gems. They're able to win, and they can't even get 10,000 people out to the game because they play in a fucking factory. Like I'm, I'm so thankful that I, I I'm not a fan of the Philadelphia 76ers, the bullshit 76ers. I, I am so grateful. Still, like, even though my team is shit, they're the kind of shit that I can deal with. Thank God I'm not a fucking Oakland A's fan. Thank oh. God I'm not a piece of shit. Um, oh, I already Winnipeg, so I can't show them anymore. But thank Boston God I'm not a Red fucking, Sox fan. Oh, my oh God. My God. <laughs> thank God I'm not a fucking Calgary Flames fan. Oh, my God. Aww, what do they, what do they call the, the Flamers? Like, what, like, come on now. Like, it's, it's fucking ridiculous. I am so grateful that even though my team is shit, they're not as shit as those other teams. I thank God for that. That's fair to say. And with that being said, <laughs> my line. <laughs> that's a that's a cute drink. Does anybody play that drinking game anymore from 10 years ago when you started? Oh my God. Hey, has anybody approached this topic that you're 40 now? What's up with yeah. the title? Shouldn't you be not after 40 now? Well, I mean, te- technically, technically, forty is not after thirty either. So I don't know. <sighs> Years ago, when we got approached to join the uh, Antica Network, we they're like, "Well, what happens when you hit 40 I'm like, "I don't know. I'll probably won't be doing it by then." Uh, fast forward like seven years later, I'm still doing it. So, wow, amazing. Yeah. Anyways, Dave, thank you so much for joining me. Thank you so much for venting. This has kind of been like sports therapy, Toronto sports therapy. Maybe that's what I'll name this, yeah. this topic. You know what's funny is like after that this talk, I actually feel better about Toronto sports, and I can't wait for the totally. upcoming leaf season. <laughs> this is go, how it go. <laughs> This is our year. Start playing the parade. Yep. All right. Thanks, Dave. Okay. Take care. <coughs> oh God.